Hi mates, welcome to the Museum Tuesday podcast. It's uh, frankly a bit of an experiment at the moment, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Everyone's got to start somewhere. So today I went to the Royal Maritime Museum in Greenwich, which you may remember from last year's Museum Tuesday stories and the The Moon exhibition. I chose there mainly because it's near my flat, so I could run on home nice and quickly afterwards. The uh, The audio is also pretty funky because the museum itself is so cavernous and there are so many children around. It sounds a bit like a swimming pool, so there's that to look forward to. Now then, without any further ado, apart from a little musical interlude, I'll hand over to myself live on the scene a few hours ago. Take it away, Ant. Hi there. It's me, Ant. I've had a coffee. I'm wearing my waterproof jacket. I've spoken to a man who had an Akito dog. Uh, I just said it was a lovely dog, and then he walked alongside me for a while, telling me about how lovely his dog was. It's pretty nice, actually. Um, I am heading to the Greenwich Maritime Museum to see how this thing goes. Shall we see? Let's see. Cue some music. So I'm uh, walking up the entryway to the Maritime, the National Maritime Museum as they call it. It's just off uh, busy main Woolwich Road. There are some daffodils beautifully in bloom right now. Um, or I should say just peeping their heads. Not all of them are open. No, no, no. Um, but there are plenty of them already open. It's February. Seems early. Seems early for them. But um, I suppose it's been a little unseasonably warm. It's windy. You can probably hear that. Surely is windy. The building itself, beautiful uh, sort of pink colour, white columns and brick fronting. Uh, there are two little ships uh, atop the either side of the grand doorway coming in, uh, which I've never noticed before. There appears to be a merman and a merlion in the. M- Sorry about that. I just just. Uh, managed to accidentally whatsapp video call my sister co-expert with my face i suppose because she'd been messaging me and uh yeah sorry about that juliet um i'll explain that to you in a little text i was just explaining the uh coat of arms which is four anchors and two british flags there are also two anchors on either side of sliding door saying free entry. Let's go. 
Right, so I'm by the Speedwell E2 Enterprise Class Racing Dinghy. I suppose it's an example of a boat. It's a good boat. Uh, here's an interesting fact though. No one in Britain lives more than 70 miles from the sea. Hence our wonderful history of seaside holidays. Um, it's rather busy and I get pretty self-conscious when there are people around and I'm talking to a phone. So if I suddenly go quiet, that'll be why. Um, one of the most striking features of the Maritime Museum is not only its loud uh, play area where lots of children visit, indeed my niece visits here quite regularly, loves tottering around on the great big map in the middle of it, um, but there's also a bunch of, I suppose, what you can only be described as figureheads or busts protruding from the far wall. Um, we've got someone, a woman apparently with wonky eyes, uh, staring hauntedly straight at you. There's a big bearded man with no arms. Uh, he looks quite fearsome. There's a, um, fairly racial, racially stereotypical, uh, Arabic looking man reaching for a curved sword. There's a seagull, there's a man winking with a laurel on his head, um, and there's a harlequin. It's my personal favorite one. Uh, it gives, I imagine it would give a ship a sense of playful merriment if you were to come across that on the sea. Um, onwards, let's see what else there is. There's a note here on this, um, long ship it says please do not touch my gilding is very fragile I feel like that's something we can all relate to um, the gilding in question is on the uh, Prince Frederick's barge um, there are some, uh, some students around here and it's a little off-putting uh, Prin Frederick Prince of Wales um, rode this barge and it supposedly the equivalent of a modern day limousine rushing along London's busiest street the River Thames yeah, yeah. back in the uh, 18th century the Thames was extremely busy much like a, a sort of high street if you will um, it's an impressive barge I mean it is very gilded there's no doubt about that so I suppose this was the back, what, what? Oh, those are oars. They're a, uh, high oars that I thought were just a sort of frame. I thought they were just a sort of frame, but they're oars. So it must've been quite an impressive sight with these oars like wings slashing through the stinky, stinky Thames. Britain's the busiest road. It's speared by what can only be described as a sort of duck-billed dragon fish. Um, that's at the, the peak, the bow or stern of the boat. Um, I suppose they should have a handy sort of uh, cheat sheet as to, um, as to nautical terms. 
because I'm not up on them. Where shall I head next? Where next? How's it going so far? Um, I hope this is like a sort of bitty phone call with a poorly informed friend. That's my hopes for the podcast. A bitty, loud phone call from a friend just traipsing around a museum. Hello, who are these? Various admirals. One captain. Didn't quite make it, did you? Captain Sir William Peel. Um, He's described as having the courage to command, though. He joined the Navy as a midshipman. Aged 13. Good for you. Oh dear, he died aged 33 of smallpox. That would probably be why he didn't quite make it to the Admiralty. Um, Sorry, sorry for your loss, mate. I think I'll head to Polar Worlds because there's a a sort of decal of a penguin near there. And I like penguins. Here is something I think is interesting. How do you figure out where you're going on the sea? It's something I've never been able to um, figure out, really. Um, How do you guide yourself when there are no landmarks? And I knew it was something to do with the stars. So the sun and the stars are sky marks, apparently. So the sun always rises in the east and sets in the west. And the pole star always marks north and various other stars move around at different times of the years and we can can track them accordingly. Um, There are also some good translations, so astrolabes, which are star catchers, um, or simpler nocturnals, which translates as use us at night. Uh, They're sort of devices for for finding various stars according to latitudes, the date, the time and the stars at different times of the year. Very interesting. And then there were compasses. We know what a compass is. North, south, east, west. Simple. Very simple. Um, and then we get on to... Yeah, you basically have to know where stuff is. And then go from there. Or you can just use use your sat-nav these days. Use your global positioning system if you want. Um, or just don't don't go out to sea. Don't go that far out. Make sure you can always see the shore, as it were. Sorry, got a bit waylaid there. I'm heading on to Polar Worlds now. you might be able to hear I'm outside now Uh, I've been through the polar worlds exhibit and yeah it was beautiful it was really well curated Um, there was a talk from Sammy Kogvik an Inuit I say a talk it was a filmed uh, 
a film of him talking. It was a film of him him talking. Um, and he he lives up north in kind of the frozen very north of Canada. And he explained something of what it's like to be an Inuit. So I feel like I have a rather good understanding of that now. You spend all day eating caribou and polar bear. But you mustn't eat their livers because they have a fatally high amount of vitamin A in it. Um, which is possible. So there we go. And they also, you know, they they use all the parts of the animals that they eat um, for clothes and such like. I also learned that whale blubber is a, a delicacy there. So not really... Not really my scene, though I do like the sound of cloud berries. Oh, don't they sound lovely? Um, there's also a, a bunch about Arctic uh, and Antarctic exploration, and how there was the this voyage on the HMS Erebus um, that went missing in I think 1845. And no one knew what had happened, and it was a great explorer who'd gone off, and suddenly there was, suddenly, like years later, there was no news. So they sent someone else, the HMS Terror, which also never returned. Um, and then the, the wife of one of the explorers sent a third party on a sort of steam yacht. Um, and he came back and was like, I've uh, found some evidence that. that they're dead and everyone was like rubbish rubbish uh, and his it took several years for that that explorer's reputation to recover wish I could remember the names it'd be much better if I could remember the names um, and finally there was another talk in quotation marks you can't see that um, I'm doing the quotation marks, but uh, another video of a, a present scientist in the Antarctic, particularly talking about a uh, um, study of penguins. And here's the thing I didn't know. Penguin poop is bright pink. What do you know about... Well, I guess it makes sense if it's all like fish guts, you know. If I ate fish guts... Morning, noon, and night. I suppose my poo would be bright pink. Um, yeah, so there we go. <laughs> so after that, I popped in to the Tudor and Stuart seafaring exhibit where um, I just really whizzed through. Not Didn't take much of it in. Um, but I did stop at the piracy part, where they had a, a range of swords for show. And they also had the pirate flags. Um, Blackbeard's one was very interesting. A sort of skeleton holding a spear, but sort of that seemed to pump out love hearts. I'll pop that up on my, uh, my Instagram story for you to have a look at. It's uh, surprisingly sort of affectionate yet brutal. Uh, 
also learned that Blackbeard put smoking matches and stuff in his beard to make himself seem even more imposing, which, you know, I might take up. I might take that up as an option. You know, bring it back, I say. Why not? Why not? And so, as the wind rises, I am meandering through Greenwich Park on my way home. It's a beautiful overcast day. There are dogs running around, hither and yon. I'm just going to meander my way back home, get some lunch. And I suppose, really, that concludes the inaugural Museum Tuesday podcast. I hope it's been, as I say, like a sort of phone call from a distant relative who you you sort of, you quite like, but you don't really know too well, who is meandering around a museum, who's called you for no apparent reason, but... You've sort of enjoyed speaking to them again after all this all this time. And you can let me know what you think by tweeting at expertspod, seeing as this is a an experts podcast production. <laughs> yep. And use the hashtag Museum Tuesday. Keep that alive, keep that going. And tell your friends if you liked it. And tell your enemies if you didn't. So, um, thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. In the meantime, keep museuming.